evening, everyone. This is Veronica Entwistle. I'm so glad to talk to you. Here we are at the time of the coronavirus. Never before has the whole world been forced to do a reset. And I'm a psychic. I'm an intuitive and energy counselor. And when I look around, when I look around the world, I see people doing Uh, On one hand, there's a lot of scared people. Of course, media has been scaring the poop out of people, hasn't it? But on the other hand, there are a lot of people rethinking who they are, what their role is on the planet at this time, and and wondering, I, I don't know how you feel, but I know that we have been enslaved by money making, for example, We have been enslaved by the fear of not having enough money or then being homeless or whatever. But so many people are without jobs right now. And there's this really odd segment of consciousness, of human consciousness going on where people are going, huh, there is no... I have no job. There's a lot of people with no jobs. There, You know, there's this kind of really odd... Mm, not acceptance, because I don't see people giving up, but there's really an internal questioning going on amongst some people about, like, who am I? Um, I'm a corporate mogul, or I'm I'm a um, what um, a manager of a of a restaurant. I'm a um, uh, I'm recognized. I go up an elevator every day and work corporately in the fifth floor, or the eighth floor, or something. I'm doing all kinds of international work and so on, all of a sudden I'm not doing any of it. And I'm finding that people of all walks of life are looking at themselves and going, is this really me? Is this what I'm doing because I really want to? Uh, Is this the only way I can do my life? I'm sure you've all heard that people will say, oh, um, I'm going to live what I really want to do once I retire. And I think we're kind of being forced to retire and take a look at what we're doing and how does it relate to the real you. I find it just fascinating. In one regard, it's very discombobulating because people are without. and Some people are without food and without shelter, and we know all that kind of stuff. But there are people who are really being pushed all over the world to reexamine their values And what I like to call it is re-examining our identity. Am I a teacher or or who am I really? So I'd love you to call in and let's talk about it. Let's take a look at your life and say to you, is this really you? Is this what you want to be and do? Or how about this? I'd love you to call in and tell me whether you are gaining anything by this reset, by this shutdown. Are you gaining a new sense of self? Are you feeling despairing? Are you frustrated? And uh, who do you think is responsible? What do you think the responsibility falls back on? Uh, We have a lot of other things to talk about, is how to strengthen your well-being, how to strengthen your immunity system. And um, I guess I keep wanting to fall back on identity and identity and identity. Like, what is my identity and how much of it is externally devised? Is that real? Is that really who I am? If you meet a lot of people through life, and a lot of you do that, you know, you go out and mingle with a lot of people, and and you peek in behind the curtain of who they are, they often feel like, and you've heard this, 
you often feel like I'm a fraud. I'm not really what people think I am. I wonder if that isn't just the whole um, uh, example of what it's like to be living hard in a world that demands your presentation to fit into some category. And so you're a success in quotes. My question to a lot of people is, what does the word success mean? Isn't that fun? So how about calling in? My number is 888-627-6008, 888-627-6008. And we'll take a look at you. We'll say, okay, what's going on in your soul's journey? What kind of, of drives and gifts do you have in there? And what would you like to be doing? Or if you don't know, how can we help you find out what it is you really want to be? I know people are anxious and angry and running scared and so on. But let's, um, let me see. I'm going to start picking people out of the crowd. Of course, you and I know there's a crowd of people listening to us right now. Am I right or am I left? Again, I'm Veronica Antwistle. I'm an intuitive and energy counselor. And I've been doing this work for a long, long, long time. Um, very long time. But I've never seen a world situation like this before, and most of us haven't. And I have great faith that it's heralding a complete change all around the planet. And one of the dreams that I have, and probably you do too, is that we're creating some of the results. We're consciously, consciously creating some of the results of this reset. We're not just waiting to see what's going to be given to us at the end. We're bringing forward the bounty of our own gifts and our own focus and our own determination and our own self-love, for heaven's sakes. We really need to use a lot more self-love on this here planet, don't we? So let me see. I'm just going to take a look and see if you're out there. Now I'm seeing a gentleman and he's nervous. Let me see. There you are. Yeah, you're quite a handsome guy. You're probably in your 40s. I can't quite tell your age, but you look pretty darn good. I know that you're fit and you um, you you basically kind of like your work, but you've been agitated for quite a while about wanting to do something that's truly yourself. And you have a small family. You have some... Um, you have a couple of children and a, a good wife. But frankly, your wife gets a little annoyed because you're always a little antsy about, even though I'm successful, I'm not quite happy about what I'm doing. I'm trying to find out who I really am and why am I restless like this. <laughs> so I see her kind of rolling her eyes and saying, well, come on, you've got to really get your act together here. So here, the, the uh, reset button was pushed. And a lot of the world around you has been... Jean. Oh, Jean-Quil. I love to talk to Jean-Quil. Okay, I'm going to finish with this young man a little later after Jean-Quil's uh, finished. Welcome to the show, Jean-Quil. Hi, honey. How are you? I'm really good. I'm just delighted to talk to you in this huge global reach we're doing, which is matching the pandemic, right? <laughs> yes, it is. I tried getting on the Zoom, just a side note, and that didn't work, so I called in. So whatever. Oh, I like that. <laughs> I love to talk to you. For people who don't yes. know, John is an amazing artist. So I wanted to. Uh, do you? What are you? Are we supposed to ask you something, or what? 
you can <laughs> you can do whatever your little heart desires. I was just talking about um, the concept of a lot of people are struggling with their identity and what they really are, and that the reset is giving them room to maybe look at this question. But we don't have to talk about that. I want you to talk well, about what you want to talk about. So, so it's not it, you know it's not tangential from that. But here's what I I want to say that yesterday the most incredible thing happened to me. You know how we all talk about we should uh, invoke gratitude, live in gratitude. Uh, right. If you are grateful, great wonderful things can come to you, and so on. And right. I'm not sure. Up until yesterday, I was bathed in all I know to be total gratitude. And while it was happening, I thought, I have never felt this before. I have never, I would, it was just, I was humbled to my knees that someone cared about me enough to reach out and offer me something. I mean, I offer things to people all the time. And I mean, whether that's tiny or small or whatever, but to actually be the recipient of someone out there thought about me anonymously and it resulted in, you know, giving me something. And it just stunned me to. So you have no idea who it was? Oh, I, I found out. I found out. It was anonymous to start with. That wasn't good enough for me, right? I had to. <laughs> I'm like, because, and, and this is what's in, what, what is interesting. In, in the world we live in now, um, someone do, does something nice for me anonymously, and what is the first thing that crosses one's mind? Because what we're being told is, be, you know, I'm skeptical. And then right. I think, is this a scam? Is someone... <laughs> <laughs> you know, trying to get into my world, you know, break into my, somehow. And, right. Or is this really true generosity? And it turns out it was just a, an act of kindness. And when it came, when it really, when I really got that, I just, What does it, I mean, the feeling of really just gratitude, it's like a drug. I like that. Like love. It's like a good drug to me, yes. It's it's love. It's like love. I mean, really, love. Uh, Did it come through the internet? No, no, it came through the mail. (laughs) Well, this is really, really beautiful. So, so I guess I guess I'm just confessing that. Talk about identity or thinking you know who you are, and when we meditate or other people say at a time like this in crisis, um, you know, let's let's release ourselves from our past. Let's be grateful. Let's dream and whatever. Um, it just I didn't. I I guess I just never felt that depth of gratitude. Oh, well, that speaks of you as well. It speaks of a waking up, up doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah, I just want to own up to that, 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 um, that it was a completely blissful feeling to just be grateful. Oh, well, thank you for sharing that. It's a really wonderful feeling even just to hear about it. 
right? Yeah. Anyway, that's all. <laughs> oh, no, I liked it a lot. I thank you for calling and telling that. Is there anything else we can answer for you? Oh. Because I'll tell you what, you telling me that. <laughs> I beg your pardon? Oh, you know, we all want to be on the other side. We want to be on the productive side of all this for a while. Yeah, we do, don't we? But I do think it's strip. What do you think? It's sort of stripping us, isn't it? Absolutely. I mm-hmm. would say. And I, I believe that there's got to be something really good in that, in the long haul. Yeah. If people yeah. see what, what's really real for them and, you know, that they're kind of be caught up in their own legend, if you know what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I talked to another friend today and at the end of our conversation, she was calling me to tell me tell me that she was offering an apartment that she owns to someone in need at a much reduced price. And, and, you know, I just said, you know, that is incredibly generous of you to do that. And on the other side of all of this, if, if someone isn't able to give or care or share, I don't want to know that person. If, yeah. if you, if we, if we are not giving or caring or sharing with somebody right now, that is a telling sign. Mm-hmm. And I, if there are any any people at all who aren't thinking of someone else right now and their need, they should really rethink their position as a human being. I kind of agree, except I'm thinking about you receiving a surprise all of a sudden and changing, right? And I'm going, I wonder what would happen if someone who we think is really adhering to his, her success and doesn't give, but only uh, if suddenly that person was showered with (laughs) gifts, would that change everything, you know? I think, I, I, I don't know, but I think, you know, there are so many people who need things. Mm-hmm. And I think about it every day. I think about it every day. Who needs who needs what, you know? What could I offer? What can I offer? And And the idea that someone was thinking I needed something and offered it to me, <laughs> it just, you know... I'm it really just moving. opened your, it just opened your, uh, I don't know, your heart's pretty big already, but I'm saying it opened your heart in a new way, didn't it? In another way, in another way, yeah. Isn't I mean, that lovely? It is. It's, and so, you know, how is this changing us? We all have the possibility of being better at sharing and and receiving, <laughs> either way. Well, you know what's really interesting, too. Pardon me? Sorry. I mean, if we need something, I mean, I've been one who's never, ever asked, really, because I just, like, embarrassed to ask or embarrassed Mm -hmm. to say, I need help. You know, I just don't do it, you know. And (laughs) so... I think it's a wonderful, wonderful story. But let me ask you this. What do you think about, um, like, I think the world change. There's something in this reset that is pushing our coalescence. Not all of us, I realize this, because I'm not exactly Pollyanna, although I'd like to be. But um, 
It's pushing us to understand on a collective level something about one another, about a unity. You know, we've been so separated, especially recently, uh, like politically and socially and all that sort of thing. And I think we're being pushed to step out of that. I, I really feel that something's happening on that level. I have no proof of that. I'm just feeling it around the world. Uh-huh. What do you think uh-huh. of that? I, I, I think it's, that's a hopeful thought. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's possible, Jonquil. Oh, I think it is. Yeah, I think one thing that, that, you know, when we're here, we're in the middle of the chaos or we're in the, you know, the popcorn popper and it's all just like popping all around, you know, everything's right. exploding. And and talk, trying to talk about something other than what's actually occurring right in front of your face, the chaos, or what might result after the after, you know, the cells calm down or the or the molecules grow and separate and go on to something else. But at that time when they're in the chaos, mm. um, it's pretty hard to predict or, or or even ask what where shall we go from here, you know? But I think when it's not well organized because as you say we're in the chaos it's easier for us to see all around us places where people are being like saying, wow, uh, you know what I mean? Where people are accepting where they didn't accept. People are doing different things and people are saying, I don't know, instead of trying to know everything. And, you know, uh-huh. do you know what I'm saying? And I go, wow, there's a certain kind of wonder going on. And Bob But you like that? I love that. I love that. Yeah, yes. You like that unknown. I'm not just the unknown, but the wonder of possibility in the moment. Instead of just despair over the chaos, I'm seeing people go, wow. I wonder what the, for example, what could a system look like? What, you know, how how would people understand each other better? That's a possibility too, isn't it? You know? Uh-huh. 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 So something in me just goes, there's something rising here. And I was reading today that it's a kind of a unity consciousness that's coming on up. And that's, you know, we just need to look at that, watch and see if that's happening. Well, how does that work? Can you see it? Like, is it globally like like some kind of a safety net that goes all the way around the globe? You know, like those stretchy things like when you buy a orange or an apple or something, you know. <laughs> I mean, is, is it, is, you know, is it? everywhere so that we could have some sense of uh, not confidence but I mean yeah of connection faith faith in in that it's an unbroken unbroken network I don't know but if I put it this way I, I mean I see it as a psychic I see this connection happening and awakening in people but then when I want to bring it down to the earth, which <laughs> I always want to kind of do so I can follow what I'm saying in terms of time and space, I go, well, you know, so you've got somebody who's, uh, I'll pick somebody kind of obvious right now, uh, Chris Cuomo, who's in the media and he's always talking, telling people this and that, and he gets combative and he gets argumentative and he tries to take both sides of a question and so on. Then he gets the coronavirus 
and he keeps coming on TV and walking us through his process of being vulnerable, of, of losing his way. And then I hear he's going to quit that job and begin another job because he's had it with that particular way of being. But you and I know he's been inside himself thinking life and death and dealing with his own trauma. And what comes up very often is a, a rebirth kind of thought. You know what I'm saying is, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and and I know I keep hearing stories about people in Russia, people in Slovakia, people here, people there, people in India, who are going through some version of these things right now. And so, so you, you can think have- as they as they go up into the climax of how frightening and trauma it is that as they settle down, they'll settle in a different place. So it's not going to be the return. Not, you know, so it's like, oh, God, I survived, and let me just, you know, go do the same thing I was doing yesterday. Yeah, or I feel, is it I feel actually just, landing? I have no proof of landing. this. I feel like we're not going to ever return, and we're not on one level, because the very variables are too many, A, but B, I don't think we want to return to what was. Well, there's a lot of people that don't want to read. I don't want to read. I mean, you know, let's come on. Let's move on for the love of God. You know, we were. Exactly. But if you get enough people all over the world saying, let's move on, we don't know. There's got to be wonder there, doesn't there? There's got to be kind of a a really interesting new beginning, you know? People say, what am I going to do for a living? Uh, uh, And my guys, you know what my guys say all the time? It's going to be innovative. You're going to be doing stuff you've never heard of. And it's, you know, we've got new technologies coming up simultaneously with people seeking different ways of expressing themselves into the world. And I see waves of change. One of the things we do, and you've come to my meditations before, one of the things we do is we bring in higher frequencies that are being downloaded from the universe, okay? And the earth has never been this way before. Humanity has never been this way before. So simultaneously with this, uh, coronavirus we're having new frequencies we always have had but right now they're really quite poignant new frequencies coming and we absorb those and it creates new po- potential for function in our body minds at a time when there's a dissemblement of the stuff that we've been kind of caged by or we've developed a sense of what success is and you know what routines are and what home and family are and uh, and the kind of corruption that's essentially run the power structures in the world, a lot of that is shaking. I'm going. Yeah. So how can we help that show up? I mean, is that you know go to bed and say that prayer as you go to sleep and say, "Help me receive," or is it the minute you wake up saying, "I'm here, I'm available," you know, help me change? Or how can we how can we facilitate this that what you're speaking of yeah i think that's a wonderful question because it's probably not a simple answer except that what do you yearn to do i know that you're an amazing artist but you're also very good at a lot of different things what do you yearn to do what do you really think you want to do what happens when you close your eyes and imagine what it is you want to do you know do you want me to say or yeah if you want to yeah i'm not trying to to pry but of course i'm prying (laughs) well here here's something that is just 
in in the last month or maybe even six weeks. So so it is relative to the circumstance right now that has okay. come up. It's like um, you know I have always built trees. I feel like I'm kind of channeling the value of trees. I've read all the things that all these incredible authors, scientists, and artists, and poets, and everybody um, trying to get us to wake up to not the, not so much the symbol of what a tree is, but the reality of the system of that the way trees are on the planet are what we are. We are that. And if mm-hmm. we were to understand that system, we would learn so, so, so much about ourselves and about how we interact with each other. So my dream are you, Well, you're talking is about trees have family and all that sort of thing? Tell us a little everything. bit about I'm talking about. I'm talking about communication. I am talking about protection. I'm talking about uh, atmospherically turning, you know, carbon dioxide into nutrition. I am talking about light, shade, every every single thing that you can think about what trees and forests are doing for the atmosphere and the climate and everything on the planet. So as an artist, what I would love to do is, on the other side of whatever this stall that's going on in the pandemic, is to connect up with the, power, with, with the movers and the shakers in that field and say, I have visually represented what trees are symbolically in beauty. That's all I, you know, I just, oh, like this one little thing, like the beauty of it. And the, and it's so meaningful, can be so meaningful. And I would like to, you know, Jane Goodall and Dame uh, Judy Dench and... Um, the lady who wrote that book about uh, like a tree and and Richard Powers and everybody who's making observations about what we can learn, kind of like Nassim Harriman talking about quantum reality on this other level, connect up with those real power broker people. I'm I'm just a per- an artist. You know, I am not a power broker. I'm, I don't have audiences of millions of people listening to what I say, you know, like, like, like. But, but let me ask Adbro you this. Used to. As, as you, as you understand, for example, the whole thing about trees and the family of trees, the communication of trees, the amount of uh, life they support on the planet and so on, the more you understand and the beautiful trees that you build and, you know and make uh mm-hmm. don't you feel like that is a part of that incredible um sharing that goes on amongst humanity when you do more and more of that it awakens a lot of the people around you even if you don't talk about it you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so there's some yeah. kind of rising awakening going on you know i and think so yeah and in myself and I, you know, it's it's a big deal for everybody to and for me and and to transcend. Oh my God, am I going to make enough money to get by on? To, I think we really need to make a message 
transcend this globe. You know, I mean, those, those are, you know, it's like, I don't, I think, you know. I think that's exactly right. And do you understand what I say when I say that, that when people are dropped out of their jobs and out of their normal money thing, and so many other people are as well, in a way, there's this really odd pause in people like, oh, the worst has happened. <laughs> I don't have an income. Yeah. And, and they're thinking differently. They're not just sort of, you hear what I'm saying? I can feel it going on around me. It's sort of mm -hmm. a wonder. It's a pause and a wonder. And I think that mm -hmm. what, one, one of the things we're discussing is like, what, what does that mean? But on the other hand, I think the moving forward is going to come from the impulses of a lot of people awakening to new information like it's a worldwide mm -hmm. thing and we're being bamboozled and we're an unlimitable people and uh you know even just those simple statements right and how long is it going to take to get over the um the misinformation and all of you know there's there is that drag right there's like the the drag saying no we it's like this. It's like this. We have to stay here. We're going to go back. We need this. And and they're wrong. You know, we don't have to go back. And so how long is it going to take to overcome all that so that the light, the people with that are the light bearers can shine? How long? I mean... Are we, I know, that's a very speak? interesting question, but I think it can happen. You know how we've heard this old line? It can happen in an instant. And, and, and the only reason I'm bringing it up is I go, I see what it means. It means it's not a linear progression of events. It's kind of a yeah. rising of understanding, a rising of light that becomes, uh, it, it's like quicksilver or like moves through people. I think that's right. what's beginning to happen. And it may get stifled, but I think if enough of us care a lot about it, a lot about the way the world is run has not been right. Not been yeah. right. It's been, not, oh, my God. It's, it's not been evolutionary. How about that? Well, or whatever it is, it's done. Okay. Okay. So it was. So what if it was evolutionary and it was that and that? But okay, let's just leave that. Okay. Mm -hmm. we gotta. We have to leave that. And it's interesting, I mean, historically you could say that it is some incredible kind of sickness that killed so many people that allowed, you know, that ended the Middle Ages, that ended the Dark Ages, that started the Renaissance, that moved, I mean, so it is evolutionary in the sense that, you know, whatever you could call that sickness, whether it's spiritual or physical or or material, whatever, uh, something changes on the other side of it. Things change. And that's the good news. <laughs> well, I guess when you think about it, too, if we were taking it back to just one person at a time. When people face death and they recover, they're usually very changed, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't it a little like that? This is like an epiphany time or a transformational time. And um, did yeah. you ever see that movie about the great tsunami and the the family of five were, were over over there and they were holidaying and and no. the the kids oh, were oh oh yeah yeah I I didn't see it but I know what you're referring to yeah because it's called I think it's called impossible or something. 
But yeah. what happened is she was such a careful, careful mother. And all three kids were separated. Well, one was with her, but the little ones were separated. And everybody thought one another was dead. And they made it through. And even her oldest son, who was 12, got her antibiotics somewhere when she was going to die. And they were floating around amongst dead bodies and gosh knows what all. But long and the short of it is when they got back to Spain, which is what they came from, those kids bloomed. They went into huge higher learning centers. They were uh, world travelers. They were uh -huh. not afraid of anything. And they just uh -huh. wanted they just wanted more. And, you know, I gather it was just really a life, obviously a life changing event, you know. Uh -huh. But uh, I thought it was a really good example of when people face a certain thing, very often they push up, you know, afterwards, or they come out going, right. oh my God. Right. Yeah. And you've probably so, heard lots of I mean, is, is the thing is that that's, that's going on globally, and, and we, we don't really know yet who's going to rise up, you know, and blossom. No, and no, but I'll tell you what, the... We a lot of people are complaining about the fear mongering because it's you know just to be afraid, like to take go back to that show. If everybody uh -huh. just stayed afraid, no one would have lived, right? Uh -huh. they, they had to get mad and courageous and so on, and that's what I exactly. see some people doing right now, and and yeah. talking about well that's this is a, a rip off system and that was not a good system and this was not a good system. Seems to me we're going to see um, even some very high up people are going to be sick or going to lose their position. And I think we're going to see that vehemence move people into expressing what they wouldn't have expressed before because it wouldn't be financially viable or something. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, I could be yeah. just being a dreamer, but I don't think so. I think we're going to see huge leaps forward. I do. Well, that that's a wonderful thought, and and I'm up. You know, I'm like, okay, okay. I get I'm over here on the whatever side of the curve of my life, but you know, I'm up for that. I got I. You know, we can we can contribute. We can contribute to this. We can have something to say that's viable. You know. Well, you know, remember the Dalai Lama said, "The older Western women were going to make the difference." <laughs> I remember that. And here we are, the older Western woman, are we not? <laughs> oh, my God in heaven. Yeah, yeah. maybe we'll get some yeah. other callers about this. But I, I'm very optimistic. I think this reset is going to be great for us all if we just get through it, right? Yeah. Anyway, thank you so much for calling in. It's been a delight to share this time with you, Jonquil. Thank you. I, you're welcome. If, someone, if someone's waiting in line, I don't mean to take too much of your time. No, I don't think there's anybody waiting in line, but I just thought maybe, um, well, you can stay on. You're welcome to stay on. But I also wanted yeah. to talk about your art and say that one of the things that Jeanquil does is she does these huge, I guess they're called chandeliers, are they? Light sculptures, yeah. Mm-hmm. Light sculptures of trees with just sparkling lights all through them and crystals. And, oh, my gosh, they're huge. And there's one in the Sacramento airport. And there's some in some big uh, wine. Uh, yeah, the very famous wine cave, right? 
<laughs> well, it became famous, right, through the through the Pete Buttigieg um, campaign time. Yeah. But actually, about, I think when I know, look at all the moment. imagery, of, <laughs> <laughs> when I look at the imagery of these trees that you've created and the amount of sparkle that comes off them, it really is, um, I have to just say it's as inspiring as learning that trees speak to each other. You know what I'm saying? It's got the same kind of yeah. energy. And it, it's, you know, that's a fabulous reality of energy, right? We we can we can see light and and understand it on whatever wave, you know, band that we are allowed to see as humans. But we know that there are other wavelengths, right, that we do oh, or yes, do not sure see. Do. <laughs> and as you've said over and over and over, there are all these energy all these energies and it and and in that way it's the same i mean if we could just be intelligent and open-minded about what's out there mm-hmm. in here out there in here out there in here it's it, you know energy and it's the same thing like when you listen to nasim harriman and he, he's talking about quantum um uh, reality but he's also talking about the energy in this void between every nucleus and you're just you know if you can't hear that then you don't you don't get it but if you can hear that everything you just said about the possibility of change and motion and movement and right all of that is possible it, it, it is all possible. It's wonderful because that, well, I don't want to get too complicated, but I was just thinking how that's a good way of talking about everything is an illusion. Mm-hmm. Like nothing is real. And then you're talking about space. Uh, I'm jumping around with what you said about Nassim Harriman and what he said about uh Repeat it again. Was it was it space and molecular? Well, he talked about he talked about the energy in be, you know between the space in the voids where we don't even <laughs> you know we say it's this point and this point, but what 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 transmits between those two points? Or but one of the interesting things is is if you can go in there. No, if you if we in our consciousness we try to figure out how the world is going to flip, okay. But if in our consciousness we can go inside and become aware of those things that seem so etheric and so nebulous, we can actually mobilize them. We can actually change, like I said, human uh, potential. We can change human potential. And if enough that is what you've that, been saying all this time. <laughs> yeah. you, know, that is, <laughs> you know, that is what you're saying. And... That's what, yeah. And when when we're under terrible pressure, that's probably the time that some of these abilities begin to really amp up. Would you agree with that, or is that just too? I I think so because because as we, um, you know, many people say we want to heal. I mean, the human spirit. I mean, that the the body, the soul, is is well. It's seeking wellness. It is well. Mm-hmm. We are doing things to make it unwell. I mean, there's, 
there's, you know, the body as well. The heart is pumping, you know. All the mm-hmm. organs are doing their thing, and they've all got functions. And it's like a, a flipping miracle, you know, 24 I'm sort of chuckling and thinking the theory of relativity, this is making a jump leap, watch. Play, be playful with me, if you will. <laughs> but uh-huh. thinking that everything that we're re- that's relative to us, whether it's people, right, houses, buildings, everything, has an impact on our identity, does it not? Okay. You can tell I, I'm yes. really spinning around in this word identity. How do mm-hmm. we identify ourselves? And I'm, and let's go back to the whole world thing. I'm going, well, how we identify ourselves in this world has to change now. You see what I mean? It's like how, okay. we've, how we've described ourselves, how cities are described, how the banking systems are described, how pollution is described, how uh, everything is relative to who I am and what my identity is, has to take on a slightly different motion. Does that make sense, or is that too far gone? No, I'm I'm with you. So what I really like about that is I believe that inside, it's not exactly like the spaces between uh, the energy in, in the spaces. It's not quite like that. But I'm just thinking how inside of all of us, I'm assuming that because I'm so much like this myself, and I think you are too, but there's a whole thing inside of me that is very different than what goes on the outside. Do you ever uh-huh. feel that? You know, uh-huh. and, and we very rarely know as people, we very rarely see full expression of that kind of thing. And I feel like a lot of us are in what I call cages of beliefs which keep us confined and because they keep us safe somehow because we're described a certain way and everybody understands that. And, um, and, and, and it's a cage of identity that prevents us from expressing what's really inside a lot of the time. So I kind of, I kind of play with these. We're unlimitable as a species and we're in these interesting structures that are being challenged. So what, what are you by, suggesting? I mean, that we need to change that relationship between being caged and being unlimitable or I don't know if we have to change it right away we just have to know it like I, I need to know oh that isn't really me that's what I think I should be to belong to this group see mm-hmm. You know how we posture, we dress for it, we whatever. I'm not saying all of that's wrong. I'm saying somewhere along the way, many of us have lost our real selves to whatever is relative, meaning what the family wants, what the company wants, what the this wants, what the that wants. And then I and I've talked to a lot of people who go, God, I don't even know who I am anymore. You know? Right. Right. And I think a lot of that is shaking, shake those timbers. And my heart and soul goes, that's got to be helpful. And when people say, but what will I do for a living? I go, you'd be surprised at how innovative you are. Your, your living can come from a huge resource within, if you know what I'm saying. It doesn't oh, have to just hang on to like pitons on a mountain, you know, it doesn't have to just hang on. Uh, the structure that's there. It's like if you're going to well, be in that's the structure. What, that's, 
I think that that's one of the the most challenging parts about the whole thing is like you only know what you know, and we're being asked to know something different or take a leap of faith or take a chance or that it, that the structure cannot can change and it'll still be all right. You're not going to cease to exist because you know the pitons aren't right where they were the last time you climbed that mountain. I mean. That's it, really. You have to believe that it's going to be okay. <laughs> well, yeah, and I think better. you have to believe you can fall back on yourself. So I just want to go back to a reading I started to do um, somebody who was not on the phone. And I was talking about a youngish man who had a couple of small kids and he's got a good job, but he is not himself and he shakes sometimes because this isn't who I am. And it's that yeah. kind of thing that, um, and one of the things he has to find is what brings him peace. What brings him a sense of himself having proven that he is himself and he, as such is a success. And I'm is watching. Is that someone this listening? Is that yeah, someone listening? Uh, yeah, there? somebody's listening. Yeah. yeah. And okay. but the thing that's interesting about him is, is like many people, he's nervous about it. You know, you get the nervous breakthrough in life. Uh-huh. He's very uh-huh. nervous about it. And I'm saying to him, you know, as you investigate these various things, you may not find yourself moving very far from the work you're doing, but you're going to notch into it and feel really good about it in a short while. Because you've touched some place inside that knows what you really want to express from a deeper level. You know, so do you see what I mean? It's like there, there are ways for us to do that, but we have to value what the real self is versus the identity. So I see this guy mm-hmm. being able to settle and feel really good and work hard even. He's not going to be just on holiday um for a a lot of years and yet he just has to make that transition inside to be recognizing who he really is what he really wants to do and and step into it do you see what i'm saying so many many people have this do you think that 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 is something that's coming up more and more for more people to understand what do you call it between who you think you are and who your true identity is like that's the whole Globe, the, the situation we're in right now is either bringing that to people or amplifying that in people or whatever. Maybe they never even thought of it like that. I'm no different than I ever have, than all the things that I've accumulated in my life. That's all I am. Just seeing that that's not so. There's Yeah, but I, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's shaking that apart for people unwittingly. People are surprised. Okay. Now, I don't think all people, but I see a lot of people being kind of shaken by that. I thought I was secure. I thought I was this. I thought I was that. But the security they wanted was more about the money in the house. It wasn't about who they really were. And I see that as coming up as a big question, exploration, and so on in people. Not just because I adore doing that with people, but because, because I do, but because I believe the human... Uh, collective, if you will, is breaking apart under these the duress of all of this, or just that it's time to do that, to um, to demand yeah. of themselves an expression from a deeper place of self. Does that make sense? I really believe that's a global thing that's going to happen. 
So this it's not bad. You know, it's, it's not a bad thing. It's Not it's, at all. Although a lot yeah. of people are going to die. But here's the other thing I want to say about that um, <clears throat> is that I wonder, and I think we should probably look into this, is why a whole group of people dies around a certain issue. What does that mean for that group of souls? It probably means a whole lot. And that's worth investigating as well. And that's a whole other show, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, they're sacrificial. Like, they're here for a reason, and this is it. Yeah, but know, they might, may not be sacrificial. They may be push, pulling. When when I watched the 9-11 thing, you know, and I sh- I went right into my intuitive self, and I watched all of these people dressed fit to kill, carrying suitcases and purses, and going up this beautiful walkway. And they were all the people that had died. And my psychic soul said, oh, my gosh. They're here for this. There's almost a celebration for them. Does that make sense? Mm, mm. It it seems well, really. Well, not everybody would agree with that, but yeah. No, because it's my it's a vision. I saw. I just saw all that, and I and you can say you're nuts. So yeah. I've had that in my life. No, but, but the people left behind. I'm saying there are people left behind that of those people mourning them that. Not all would agree, or maybe, I don't know how many have agreed or would agree. Yeah, and I, of course, did not run it by them, you know. But, <laughs> but, but I'll tell you this, and that is quite funny, isn't it? But I'll tell you this, that there are people who will say, I'll say, oh, I'm so sorry, um, John passed. I'm sorry. And Well, no, I, I knew he would, and he knew he would. I can't explain it, but he knew he would. So really, it's okay. He was ready. You know, and it's yeah. sometimes it's pretty odd things. Or my little child always said he would leave. So I have to make peace with that because he got what he wanted. I, I know people like that. I know people who will speak that yeah. way. You know, so it's not like, you know, we said it's a tragedy because we lose them. And I feel that deeply in my heart. However, <laughs> there's that other approach to it, isn't there? You know? Yeah. Is that kind of a brutal thing to say? I hope not. <laughs> not. I mean, I'm okay with it, but you know, I, I can't say I am not. I am not that close to having lost someone this minute. So, so if I was, could I agree with you? I, I don't know. You know, in my grief, could I agree? Probably not. No. But grief is yeah. such a wonderful thing. Um, grief is, it's kind of, I, I learned years ago when I was studying some of the stuff, it was a long time ago, so maybe this has all changed, but what I understood is it's kind of a temporary insanity where you don't have to have normal thinking. Yeah. So, so in that process, which is like crucible, isn't it? Um, there's a heck of a lot of growing and changing and certainly radical changes, you know? And maybe we could say what's going on on the whole planet has its element of grief in it. And maybe that would tie in to what I'm trying to talk about and you're sharing with me so well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That change So another coming. person, another person that eloquently has described uh, any kinds of life would be like uh, a pregnant woman 
and what happens, you know, physically and hormonally when a, when a mother goes into labor. Right. I mean, you're talking about insanity, but I'm talking, and and I'm not a mother, haven't been a mother, and so I can't speak to it. But this doctor Kelly Brogan, who was is a mother, was speaking to it exactly, saying. You know, you think we just we can describe birth any way you want, but we're talking about this incredibly radical, uh, death-defying event <laughs> where Boy. all the hormones and all the systems of the mother are literally broken down and chaotic in an attempt and overloaded, like, you know, all these hormones rush in just to get this birth to happen. Right. No one could live in a level of what's going on with a woman when she's giving birth on ongoingly. You could, you, it just can't be sustained. But during that time, there's nothing like it. And the, you know, here this thing happens and life comes out of there at this excruciatingly painful, difficult, um, chaotic thing that the o- an overload of processes, and then they subside. But during that time of birthing, it couldn't be any other way or it wouldn't happen. Right. And it is a craziness and because you can't be logical. I mean, you can't be holding it together. I mean, oh, my God. You know, and so... You know, using that as an analogy of anything new happening, any birth of anything, that if you've experienced that, then you could at least accept that the change, the birth of any notion or any new entity or any new direction or process is just horrendous. I think that's a wonderful analogy. I want to throw, I, we have to end, but I want to throw in one thing from, you know, Herman Hesse? His, yes. I love his writing. And then he Me talked too. about uh, uh, having an orgasm was like a mini death. Yes. So I wanted to throw that into the mix here. We're talking about birth. We're talking about trauma, creating grief, creating change, creating all of this. And then I go, hmm. And then so so I just wanted to throw mm-hmm. that in to kind of mm-hmm. give us something to mm-hmm. muse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, thanks, Jonquil, yeah. for being on the air with me on Radiance by Design. We've covered a few uh, topics that to me were very interesting. And I just, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for your thank presence. You. Do you want to give anybody your address, your email, so they can look at your work? Um, if you wanted to see my work, it's at... Um, jonquil-design.com that's all for the treatment <laughs> that'll get you there <laughs> it's, it's just lovely and this is Veronica Antwistle saying you've been listening to Radiance by Design and we'll be on again next week at 7 o'clock and if you'd like a reading with me and you haven't had too much of a sample tonight but we've had a great time <laughs> if you'd like a reading with me it's veronicaantwistle.com e-n-t-w-i-s-t-l-e And thank you for listening. And good night, everyone. And good night, Jonquil. Good night.